Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak, help you go next level with your practice, leveraging the four pillars that make a practice bulletproof. Vision, building a dream team, marketing ninja, and financial freedom. Now, let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another edition. Today, I'm going to repost an episode that I recorded on another podcast, the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast with Dr. Drew Burns. Drew is an awesome guy, and it's an awesome podcast. I love the fact that he took a niche a niche area, obviously doing dental podcasts, and then, and then went super niche and is just focusing on the struggles of fee-for-service stuff. Met Drew a couple of years ago at the first Voices of Dentistry and was uh, instantly impressed with with just his gumption and, and really wanting to dive into the space, and I'm glad that he started his own podcast. So uh, with that, we'll repost here and have an awesome day. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you haven't already, I'd love to invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get updates as we put a new episode out every Sunday. And also um, feel free to join our private closed Facebook group, Fee for Service Dentistry. Uh, you can find the link to that at ffsdentist.com. And here is today's episode. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet, our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door, and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns, and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, these are our stories. Welcome back to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Drew Burns, and we have a great guest with us today, Dr. Peter Bolden. I've been a fan of his since he put out his podcast. Many of you have probably listened to it. If you haven't, you need to go and do that right now. It is called the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I promise you're going to love it. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me on, pal. Yeah. So I met you at the first Voices of Dentistry, um, and I think it was like just just shortly after you had released your podcast. I don't know how how shortly after, but yeah, that was uh, yeah. It was, you're right. I think it was a couple months. It, I think it was. Right I on remember. The and so, yeah. Yeah, I and I was all excited that. because uh, it was, um, you know, you you were speaking my language with the type with your story which we'll get into today, and the type of practice that you have. So um, I love it. I think you'll be a good fit for our listeners, and I know you've got a lot of great insights to share with us today. Nice. So, I'm yeah, ready, dude. So yeah. let's do it. So, uh, Peter, if you would, let's just uh, give us the down and dirty of the basics of where you are and how you got there, if you would. Just give us the quick summary. Man, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a long and windy road with lots of bumps and uh Lots of bumps and bruises, yep. stops and all sorts of stuff. But I'll give you kind of the genesis of uh, sure. uh, of it all. So I am a I'm native Atlanta, born and raised here. Um, I currently have 
four practices. Uh, three are within a brand called Atlanta Dental Spa, and they are all fee-for-service, all de novo startups. Um, and I also have a, a PPO practice about two hours north of Atlanta that I do not I do not do clinical dentistry there ever. It's uh, literally just an entrepreneur acquisition. Mm-hmm. So Very that's cool. it. I've got three three kids, a wife. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 42 years old, and uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, having, having a lot of fun in dentistry. Honestly. Yeah, living the dream. That sounds awesome. Okay, so you have yeah, I live in the dream, but you know, like 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 I like I alluded to earlier. I mean, it's been. You know, I, I guess in my whole career, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've never been afraid of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I look at it and say, oh, man, look, kind of lucky, and all this. I'm like, luck had nothing to do with it, right? Like, I have <laughs> scars just like anybody else. And, um, you know, and I think that's part of the process. You know, yeah. like mistakes are really just accelerated accelerated learning. Um, Absolutely. So I don't, I don't want to sit here and beat my chest and think I've had it easy because, as you know, a fee-for-service startup – is you know like we were saying before you hit record mm-hmm. it's probably one of the hardest things to do in dentistry it's you know, you're pretty insane for punishment by doing that pretty insane but but persistence it will pay off you know if you can persist past the past the past the threshold of kind of profitability then it's great right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's tough to do and it's a scary it's a scary place in the beginning yeah it takes courage and it takes a lot of planning and I mean, you, you, you can tell us all the things that it takes, but, um, I'm, I'm impressed with the growth that you've <laughs> <Yeah>. had. <laughs> I mean, one fee for service startup is impressive, but three, that's three times as impressive. So <laughs> at least, so let's, well, you know, it's just scaling that really. So I took a good concept. I took my marketing, took my concept, took the good team and I essentially doubled and tripled down on what I knew was working. And, and I was, I, and I was very diligent in studying what was working and what wasn't. And so you, you quickly identify that and then double down and triple down and just keep, keep, keep applying what's working so that you can scale. Um, and once you get, once you get your flagship, you know, and Mark Casas always talks about that kind of, you get your flagship and, and you get everything just rocking and rolling. And, and, you know, the first one's the hardest, the first one's always the hardest. The second and third and, 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 and successive ones aren't as hard because you have something to fall back on as proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so um, so why don't we talk, talk yeah, a little bit about your practice, if you don't mind. So the name of it, the Atlanta sure. Dental Spa, right? Yep. Tell us a little bit about your yep. brand. So my brand is, obviously, you can tell in the name, um, it actually started out as a... I actually, when I first started out, I called it Aesthetic Dentistry of Atlanta, believe it or not. Back in 2004, um, I set out and called this. But ironically, the website for Aesthetic Dentistry of Atlanta was Atlanta Dental Spa because I had this good domain that I really liked. Mm -hmm. So that was my first big marketing mistake that I literally, after a while, because the domain actually grew grew preferentially to to the name I gave in the business, People just started calling us Atlanta Dental Spa. So I actually had to kind of almost rebrand hmm. because my domain kind of forced me to do that. That makes sense? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it, but, so it, it, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because now everyone kind of associates, you know, no one likes going to the dentist room, let's just be honest. Right. right. And so I wanted to develop a place where we at least minimized that fear 
and that hatred towards you know oh, I'm going to the dentist as mm-hmm. much as possible. And, and I, I did that through a lot of uh, creature comforts, like you know creating no smells, you know no no some of those eugenol smells, like that's not allowed in my office. Never has been mm-hmm. because people are very very. Um, like those smells go back to a lot of people's childhoods and their childhood dentist. And it really elicits some, some visceral, visceral reactions. So, you know, it needs to, it, it really resonates with all the five senses. Like, um, so it looks great. smells great. Um, it's got a nice feng shui feeling to it. And the practices do, you know, there's noise canceling headphones so that, you know, we really minimize any of the grinding noises or things that are unpleasant. There's TVs in the ceiling that you have, you know, HD, uh, HD movie options and also, you know, Netflix and stuff like that. So it's really just paraffin, you know, and we're giving out paraffin waxes, you know, there's an internet bar with, with, you know, nice and healthy refreshments. So it's really just kind of taking like the St. Regis level of care and experience and applying that towards dentistry. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at, and one thing I also wanted to want to point out is, is it's super important if you're a fee for service practice to really make sure you're creating the experience. Yes. And, and, and let me, let me pause on that for a second because I looking at all of my reviews, I always read reviews and just like, what are people saying about us? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think that's the true barometer of, of who you really are. Mm-hmm. And so with every review, I would see dental experience, dental experience, dental experience. And, and I like that. And that actually became the, the subline of my logo. Now it's, it's Atlanta Dental Spa. And then the subline is, the dental experience nice because i really wanted to double down on what was working Mm -hmm. i love it yeah that's something i've been preaching to my team a lot it's all about our patients experience in our office so everything from the moment they walk in to the way they're treated to the way it smells (laughs) ours definitely has that um dental office smell but we're, we're building a new office and you just gave me an idea i'm hoping to get one of those those signs on the street that have like you can change the words on the sign. You know what I mean? Like the churches have them. I'm thinking it's going to say something mm-hmm. like "Come in and enjoy like that." Uh, they won't let me have digital. I'm talking about like the old fashioned. You put the letters up to spell out the words. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I want to have that phrase "Come in and enjoy that new dentist smell" <laughs> when people drive by. Yeah. Well, that exactly <laughs> to play you off of that. Like, uh, and that's that's the opposite like, direction. Smell but... like the dentist. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, look. That's uh, that's something that's something that that people would would laugh at, and you know, anything right. that gets someone's attention. You know, I'm all about I'm all about it, uh, attention-based marketing, right? So anything that yeah. can, can can grab mm-hmm. attention, like I'm cool with it. You know, absolutely. Like sometimes we get so serious in our delivery of, of our of our marketing. Sometimes, you know, like oh, I'm a dentist. It's everything's so serious, and you know, like sometimes you can have some fun with it, especially in your social media applications. Absolutely. Okay, so you opened up. Didn't you open up your first practice in like two thousand and when was two thousand eight? I remember at some point you're two thousand five. Okay, two thousand five. Okay, yeah. All right, so you opened up in two thousand five. Associate for a couple years. I decided that I wanted to go out on my own because I had a pretty hefty non-compete. I had to go ten miles away, Mm -hmm. and um, and that was my first practice. I actually opened up. I'm actually at the practice right now. I actually did a case here today. But it, it was in like a small office park, you know, not ideal, but it was what I could afford at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great practice. It's done really well. It's just I'm actually about to build a new one for it down the road, street visible, brand new building kind of thing. Because 
although this one did really well for me and it's still performing well, it just doesn't fit the current branding and image that I have for Atlanta Dental Spa. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about your trajectory and your journey. So you opened your first one in 2005. And what was yep. the road like when you opened that? I mean, day one, any patients in the in the chairs? You know, there was. There was a few. It was it was uh it was a few. I would only say it was a couple, right? And I mean, literally I can remember there being my my uh, office manager at the time who was answering phones and probably assisting me too. Um I remember there being like literally she was answering the phones and there were still circular saws going through with construction and like just you name it. It it couldn't have been more like, oh, my gosh, just shaking your head. But, you know, luckily, luckily that the economy was really good in 2005 um, and dentistry was hot, you know, in cosmetic dentistry. I mean, that's so 2005, you know, the economy was good. Economy was good, and you know, they like shows like the Extreme Makeover and the Swan and all that stuff was bringing cosmetic dentistry to the forefront, um, and it was actually bringing a lot of social awareness to, to you know, the cosmetic dentistry. So it was kind of booming around then. Okay. You know, cosmetic and more complete and uh, you know more interdisciplinary care, more comprehensive dentistry. So TV was kind of helping us out a lot. Now, fast forward three years from that, and which you probably didn't get hit with as well, like all of us who are in the workforce. 2008 and 9 hit and it, it went it went horrible like horrible it was the worst time ever to be a fee for service dentist because literally people people that you know the world was just kind of broke like no one had any money um you know it was the great it was the great recession we had and so um you know we kind of had to buckle down for that one but that being said i'm going through the the, the chronology for you yeah. that being said i also you know i also Never, you know, you know, there's a saying like never miss an, a great opportunity of a recession. So mm-hmm. in 2009, I decided to open my second practice, even though, you know, everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, we are in this, you know, this economic crisis, like mm-hmm. you do not need to be doing this right now. So, um, so I opened, uh, opened up another location roughly in about 2010 in the area that I really want to wanted to open up first. Sure. If I hadn't had a non-compete, I would have opened up there. So I opened up in Buckhead. If you've ever been to Atlanta, opened up a large uh, 13 operatory practice in Buckhead. Wow. Um, yeah. And then so that's went well. I actually onboarded a partner. I've, I got a minority partner um, recently. And we just opened a third location last late last year in an area called Virginia Highlands. I'm saying this because a lot of people have traveled to Atlanta and they kind of know some of the areas. Mm-hmm. So it's really three practices that we have now kind of up and down, kind of almost like north and south, um, going right, kind of right through Atlanta, if you will. So it's in a good corridor for, for maximum um, exposure and convenience for a lot of uh, Atlantans. That's great. So talk to me about, all right, how many chairs are in each practice? Uh, let's see. So I have six, 13 six and six so um and i know i mentioned four practices did i mention that i had a, a yeah i did mention yeah I had you did entrepreneurial practice so yeah this practice has six my buckhead practice has 13 my one i just opened has six and then the one in the mountains north georgia mountains has six okay but so we're expanding that one to 10 to 10 nice 
I'm curious how you use your 13 chairs. Do you mind breaking us that, breaking that down a little bit for us? How many are hygiene? How yeah, many so are... six hygiene. Uh, so I'm sorry, six hygiene, mm-hmm. six operatories, one surgic, uh, six operative, and one surgical. Okay. And um, surgical op. How many dentists work out of that office? Uh, let's see. So, wait, so I move. I'm the only one who goes in all locations. So three and a half. Does that make any sense? Because I'm only there maybe one day a week. Sure. Um, so there's three full time dentists there, and I come. I kind of pop in and out. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, right. in my other ones, there's two. In my in the one I'm at right now, there's typically two. Um, and then in my Highlands location, there is is just one. The new location is just one. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about, a little bit about uh, fee for service dentistry in general. Like, what made you decide to go that down that road? And um, you know, what are you glad that you did it? Well, uh, yes, hindsight, I am super glad, super glad I did it. Honestly, my first associateship that I went into was a fee for service as well. So I didn't even really understand. I never even entered the world of insurance so i kind of just was like well this is the way it is Mm -hmm. um really just being somewhat ignorant and naive honestly drew nice um but i really didn't you know the idea of someone telling me what i could charge um from a plan perspective i knew that that from the level of you know either ceramics or care or all the accoutrement that i already mentioned i knew that i wouldn't be able to provide that at certain levels if I was signed on to doing $700 crowns from an insurance company, mm-hmm. just the, the economics wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad I did it because I didn't want to, you know, Atlanta's a big city. I didn't want to be all things to all people. You know, I knew that there, it's a niche, just like there's a St. Regis and a, and a, and a Ritz Carlton. I wanted to do that in dentistry, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, but it's all about the value proposition, right? Like, like literally, all I think about is how can I deliver value to my patients? Because if I don't, they're going to easily go in network, easily go in mm-hmm. network. So you have to, you can't just, there's no such thing as like coasting and fee for service dentistry. You're always upping your game. You're always analyzing your marketing. You're always, always, always questioning the patient experience and auditing it from, from start to finish. That means from the time they pick up the, the phone from looking at your website all the way through comprehensive treatment. Mm-hmm. So how have you trained your team to be of this mindset? Because I, I, you've got to be able to offer a just higher level of customer care and patient experience. How, how have you, what type of trainings do you do for your team? How have you gotten them all on board with this? Because you're, you're bouncing around. You can't make sure that everyone's, you know, you can't be micromanaging when, when you're going to three or four different offices. No, and, and honestly, nor do you want to be. Micromanaging is not, is not sustainable. Right just not right like if you're micromanaging then you're not ready to scale mm-hmm. period because that you can't make more of you to micromanage right you know like so my team is awesome you know and and i'm very big on kind of the culture creation mm-hmm. and getting the right people at the right at the right position mm-hmm. on the bus yeah and i tell my team you know and and so you hear about culture and dentistry a lot but it's it's massively impacted like I could not have done or I could not have be where I am today without having a boatload of awesome team behind me. Mm-hmm. 
or with me or next to me, not even behind me, beside me, I should say. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but that, but that has to do with like, you know, making sure that they know that, that like a team is first, you know, there used to be this thing that's like, Oh, the patient's always right. And the, and the, you know, the customer's always right. And I say bullshit to them mm-hmm. that, that really the team, you have to protect your team because they're like your family. And if you, if you treat them like your family and you, and you, you know, fiercely protect them and their well being and their dreams and their aspirations and, and their, and, and the, uh, the place that they spend so much of their time, obviously at work, then they will reward you by being the same back to you, mm-hmm. right? Supporting your dreams, really being supportive of your goals and your mission and all that stuff. So I always tell my team, and again, you're too young for this thing, but there was a, there was an Under Armour commercial that I think is just so funny that back in the day there was this guy and he would say, you need to Google it. It's called, it's called protect this house. We must protect this Under house. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. So not yeah. many people know that, right? But I, and I sometimes when I'm on stage, I kind of reference that, and it's like literally like crickets. I'm like, come on, <laughs> that's great. No, I know what you're so talking anyways, about. Yeah. That's, a theme. that's a theme in my office, right? Because I say, hey, you guys love where you work. You have fun at it. You get in social media, like you're you're doing fulfilling work. You're engaged in your work. You're happy, right? So make sure that you do not let someone toxic come into this environment. That's going to destroy that. Mm-hmm. for our patients for your happiness like so i say like protect this house yeah if it's vulnerable by takeover by toxic people or toxic patients mm-hmm. i love that so is that, that a little, is that a little too aggressive drew <laughs> i love it i don't know if it is or not but i like it because i'm <laughs> i'm feeling that as well you know we've you got see my hands in the air like you can <laughs> see my hands talking is like literally like I'm just waving around in the air right now. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, I can definitely relate to that. We have a very well-rounded team. Everyone gets along. And I just hear about this drama in other, in other offices. And I, I don't want any of that ever. But I'm, I'm gr- we're growing our office. So, you know, with multiple personalities, some, someone's bound to clash eventually. So, But it sounds to me like you have your team very involved in the hiring process. Is that right? Yeah, I don't even hire. <laughs> that sounds I don't, great. I don't even know who's being hired next, honestly. I have no idea. Um, because I trust my team that they're going to hire who's needed for that position at mm-hmm. the right time. Literally, I, I didn't even meet the last three hires. I kid you not. Wow. Because it, cause, cause it, what I think matters not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what I think. Okay. If my team votes them on the on the island... Then who gives a shit what I think? Sorry, dude. I don't know if you, you probably don't allow. Uh, I forget that sometimes I <laughs> that's okay. I cuss, and maybe some podcasts are G-rated. No, um, I'll I, tell you a funny story about that if we have time. It sounds good. I don't know if these are rated or not. I I'm not quite sure that I know how to edit that out, so it's probably going to stay in. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who would know how to edit it out is is the Dental Hacks guys because we did a podcast with them that um, that I did on this Voices of Dentistry and. Mm-hmm. And um, Alan recorded, uh, Alan Mead recorded me and Craig and this guy named Brian Kaleo. Right. Was, you know, the, the Dykema lawyer about DSOs. Yes. And it's so funny. We published the podcast as well. We yeah. published it very raw and unfiltered. Craig and I had had a few drinks in us and we were yeah. not afraid to, you know, drop an F-bomb here or there. Anyway, so when it published on the dental hack side and they published it as well, all you heard was beep, 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 beep. <laughs> like literally they just, they just, 
it was just literally at poor Alan had to sit there and go through <laughs> yeah. and like rate, he was in his basement basement yeah i need to go back and listen to that i saw you guys recording that episode and i thought oh that's gonna be good yeah it was fun it was fun okay um where were we protecting this house protecting this house i love it okay you put that in your show notes a link to that in your show notes i will i'll do that i'll find that <laughs> i'll find that on youtube <laughs> throw that commercial bring, in there bring back the night bring back the 2005 uh Under Armour <laughs> yeah. commercial to popular popular culture mm-hmm. so um that way people will get the reference on stage yeah otherwise it'll be crickets again like i'm used to what i need maybe i should start using stop using that reference when i'm on on stage no that can't um, be the solution you need to I, open with that that should I, I be your need, intro video i do need to open with uh i do I yeah you talking about <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Dr. Craig Spodak from the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, and I am super fired up to talk to you guys about our summit happening October 12th and 13th at the beautiful St. Regis Hotel in Atlanta. This is the opportunity to learn everything we've accumulated over the last 20 years of dentistry and business management. We're leaving it all on the table. There's nothing to sign up for afterwards. This is just two days of intense learning and mastermind sessions. We strongly encourage you to bring someone in your office that's a stakeholder, not just an employee, but someone that's actually following you and treats your business as their own. Because if you come back from this thing all fired up and you don't have your first follower or someone to help implement, it's gonna be very difficult. So once again, October 12th and 13th at the beautiful St. Regis Hotel in Atlanta. Registration is filling up very, very quickly and the tickets are almost sold out. So go to bulletproofdentalpractice.com forward slash summit and reserve your spot today. See you soon, people. Okay, let me get some more uh, good tidbits out of you before we wrap it up. So down, yeah. give, give us some more all right, how we got people in the audience who have fee for service practices. We have people listen who want fee for service practices. Um, you've, I think, a very hot topic is uh, how to grow fee for service practice, and you've grown three of them. Can you give us any marketing insights? Mm-hmm. Man, um, so much has changed from the landscape, right? Like when I first started my practice, I was twenty-eight uh, year old living, you know, two dogs living in a little apartment by myself. I had all the time in the world. So I would work a 10 hour day and I would go home and study marketing and web design. SEO was a big thing at the time. So I literally would just like enroll in the second half of my career at night, um, learning and trying and doing. So marketing, you know, is a big factor of growing your practice. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I think there's been an evolution in ineffective marketing now versus it used to be in like literally 2005 and six and seven, it used to be able to spam a spam your way almost to the top of Google, Google's algorithm by just creating backlinks and stuff like that. So it was a totally different world back then than the merit based way that it is now and how you kind of show up now. Um, you know, uh, so now literally back in the day, I can remember telling people that social media had no real 
participation in um, in dental offices. I literally lectured on that topic exactly and said social media has no place in dentistry. And this was 2008. Now it now literally drew it a third or half of my silo, my marketing silo, if you will. Wow. Okay. Um, so there's not that there's just not that much of a magic marketing anymore. Meaning that you can't. All, all effective marketing does these days is amplify the culture and the office and the experiences that you create. That's all it is. It's just a big amplification. Mm-hmm. So if your office sucks, all the, all the, you know, if all those things suck, then, then literally all the, uh, you know, the fanciest marketing in the world can't, can't course correct that. Mm-hmm. So versus, you know, years ago, you used to be able, like I said, you used to be able to spamify that. But now we have, you know, everyone's just so prevalent on their social media and, you know, the reviews and the Yelp and like everything is just such a social environment these days. So marketing, I, I honestly don't spend a lot on marketing anymore. I'd say it's less than 1% of my, of my gross, mm-hmm. which is, which is far different than what it was Again, early on in my career, I was probably spending eight, nine thousand dollars a month on Google AdWords in the beginning. Wow. Now I don't even do Google AdWords. Wow. Because I get 50 new patients. So we probably get about 250 new patients a month to 220, 240, um, sometimes 250. But I would say half of those, Drew, mm-hmm. are internal referrals now, which is my holy grail. I've mm-hmm. always set out to say, like, I want a practice that really sustains itself. Right. Um, and the other half, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to to get by way of social media, by, you know, just people doing a lot of research and due diligence on, you know, picking a dentist through the review process, making sure the reputation management is, is up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things. So I'm not giving you anything, any tips other than other than, um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend a lot of money on fancy print ads if I was someone who was starting out in fee-for-service dentistry. Right. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. Okay. Well, let's let's say you it. were starting out that, today. What would okay, you do would today? Do? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I would. I would spend. I would. I would have a bulletproof process of the patient experience before I did anything. I would go through and do testing and testing and testing, whether that was my mom or my sister, I would make sure that the patient flow, patient experience, everything, I would audit my process from soup to nuts, getting ready to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the other thing I do. The, the second thing I would do is I would reach out to everyone in my town who has any kind of influence and give them free work, complimentary work, half off something, whatever. I would, I would literally enroll all the influencers in my town and make sure that they were part of my practice. And then I would leverage that, especially if they had social media. I would then leverage that and make sure that they publicized their experience about my practice on social. Next thing I would do is I would make, I would be a master at attention-based marketing. When I say attention-based, I mean, look at everyone's heads these days. If you walk through an airport, no one is looking up anymore. Everyone is looking down at their phones. People's attention is on their phone. I would become a master at finding out how I can get in front of them on their phone. Does this make sense? Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I know when to shut up and you're on a roll, so I'm <laughs> just letting you go. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm well, taking notes I mean, over so here. I would just, yeah. It's, 
so whether that's paid ads or developing content or you know infographics or just things of value like i would just become a master at like what do people want what are you know and or creating entertaining videos for people whatever it takes the more you capture someone's eyeballs the more you will capture their conversion i love it write that down <laughs> okay so i've got one more big question for you what are you doing in october <laughs> so, so okay. So we're having a summit. The Bulletproof Summit is happening in October at a St. Regis because I figured, you know, where else? I want to deliver that experience to my yes. colleagues the same way. Um, we've got a great, great room rate. But Craig and I always wanted to have a summit because, and here's why. Literally, a lot of a lot of docs reach out to us all the time, um, or or because of the podcast or just because Craig's got an amazing practice and really iconic practice and people always reach out kind of locally to say, Hey, can I come see your practice? Mm -hmm. so, I've literally anyways, done that. We literally don't. Ha yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been so to his practice. <laughs> is, is it not the most iconic thing you've ever seen in dentistry? Yeah. I got pretty jealous. No, <laughs> it's awesome. Oh man. You got jealous. I got jealous. <laughs> when I showed up, I was like, what, what have I been doing? This is, I'm a joke show compared to this. Um, so we're having a summit because literally we had so many requests where people were saying, Hey, can I hire you to be a consultant? Or, Hey, can I, can I get like a couple hours of your time? Talk about your marketing and Hey, this and that. And literally it's just not in either one of our bandwidth, you know, because we're both, you know, have, have young families and, it's, and growing practice, you know, we didn't have the bandwidth to do it, but we really want, you know, the podcast was started literally to just help our profession and give back and pay it forward. And so this conference is, is really more of the same, but it's more of going to be more of a mastermind community. Literally, Craig and I are going to deploy as much content as we, as we have in our brains um, from, from, from all the pillars, what we talk about, what makes a practice bulletproof. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's not, there's not anything to sign up for after this conference. You know, literally, we're like delivering. The, the goal is to deliver as much value and move the needle as fast and heavily forward for the people who attend as possible. That's it. Well, I, for one, am going to be there. You mentioned um, at the voices, the second Voices of Industry that you had a, a conference planned, a summit planned. It's going to be near Atlanta in October. Those are all, all the details you had at the time on, on stage. And I put it down in my calendar. Yep. <laughs> and then, and yep. then you put the word out that sign-up was starting a few weeks ago, and I signed up as soon as I could. So I'm psyched. I'm going to be there. Yep. Uh, if anyone yeah. wants to come and hang out. I, I wanna... yeah, we've got some great, great people speaking. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be awesome. And, and like I said, it's, it's going to be, if uh, eventually I'm going to have people fill out like what would absolutely make this a raving success and like listing down like the one thing that you would glean from, from your experience. And like, that's going to be our goal is make mm -hmm. sure that you can go home with the tools to take you next level. If that's what you want to do, or maybe it's to make your life easier or, Maybe it's to solve a problem that you've been struggling with, but it's going to be in a small community. Like we're limiting this to 70 people. You know, we're not doing it to make a bunch of money. Our practices make us that, mm -hmm. right? Like we're doing it because it's truly what dentistry needs. Dentistry needs more of each other, helping, helping each other out. I love it. So I'm excited. So people can go to bulletproofsummit.com and it, it'll forward you right to the registration. Um, Drew, you, like you said, you signed up right away. 
I did. We are limiting it to 70 because after that, I just don't think we can be that effective on a, on a granular level to people. Um, so I think we've already got 30 people. We really haven't even done a push yet other than the text thing that you got. Mm -hmm. I think we're up to about 30 registrants so far and it's not until October. So literally it is going to be a hard cap at 70. So I encourage you, if you guys are all interested in, in, uh, and going, it'd be cool. We'd love to have you and love to help you. October 12th and 13th. I just, I just looked it up again. I had to look it up my calendar here. Yes, so, sir. all right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? No, just, you know, if they're fee for service, just keep fighting the good fight. You know, That's right. you're going to get, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of maybe, maybe younger fee for service, um, and just like anything in life, there's, there's peaks and valleys and, and, um, the good times don't last nor do the bad times. So you gotta always be, be staying, staying on your A game, right. And just be continually drive. There's no, I tell my team and, and some, and some of my mentory dentists, if that makes any sense, my, mm-hmm. my mentees that like, there's no such thing as coasting. There's no such thing as arriving. You can either go, you can either get better or worse, but you got to pick one. There's no such thing as coasting. So that's all I would leave people with is just keep fighting the good fight. And, you know, like the difference between a success and a failure is typically just one more day. Ooh, I like it. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm inspired. Uh, Peter, we'd love to have you back sometime. But until then, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'll see you in October. My pleasure, Drew. All yeah, right. buddy. Good, good to talk. Thanks, Drew. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast source. Check out BulletproofDentalPractice.com for video interviews and text BULLETPROOF to 345-345 to stay connected to us for special announcements. Have a great day.